it is very important that I be extremely intentional about making Michael my first person for everything. So whether that is good news, bad news, or I need to talk with someone about making an important decision, Michael has to be the first person that I go to. Hey y'all, and welcome to the Marriage Talks podcast, a real, authentic, and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. I'm Michael. And I'm Elizabeth Ann. This episode is part of our boundaries series, and the first episode is going to focus on setting boundaries with family. So important. Yeah, this is actually on our show notes, or the, uh, the, the notes that we take. This is literally like two full pages, so we'll see if that <laughs> translates into a really long uh, episode. We're going to do our best to give you all the knowledge we have. <laughs> Lots of content today, so yes. it's really important. Um, one of those things that we have learned through trial and error, just like basically everything. I feel like I say that a lot. I guess marriage is kind of trial and error. It's more trial than success, let's be honest. <laughs> Lots of errors. Did I and say trial? You said success. It's I said trial and error. I meant it's a lot of error. Yeah. What absolutely. I meant to say is a lot of error than success. You make a lot of mistakes, and the successful moments are much fewer, unfortunately. But you keep going. Yep. So um, boundaries are something we've really talked about a lot in our marriage, especially early on. I think after a while, you know, you have a certain number of conversations and kind of get the groove of it. Um, we're going to go over three specific conversations that we had in our early marriage and that are ongoing yes. in order to really prioritize each other and uh, just where family, what kind of a role family plays in a marriage and, and helping to kind of boost each other. But uh, yeah. You have the giggles tonight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so the point is boundaries are very important. Um, it is one of the uh, things that boundaries do for your marriage is that it protects your marriage. If you don't have boundaries, which took us a little bit to get for our own marriage, um, our marriage wasn't really protected and it didn't really put us on the same page for how to handle things, you know, difficult situations, everyday situations, anything like having boundaries is super important. Um, and have also having boundaries helps cut down on the number of influences that are in your marriage. Cause truly the only, the only two influences that really matter is the Lord's influence a biblical influence, and then your spouse's influence. Those are like the number two, um, you know, you can, if you have um, other couples in your life that you look up to that have a very godly uh, marriage, those can also be influences. But specifically, we're talking about, um, of course, having a biblical marriage, biblical boundaries, and then your spouse being your really number one person that you go to aside from the Lord. So having those boundaries really helps protect your marriage because at the end of the day, Michael's the one I said my vows to. Not my parents, not my siblings, not my friends, not Susie Q down the street. <laughs> it's Michael. Susie's really nice. Though. She generally <laughs> has good advice. But yeah, if you've ever been in a situation where you don't really know what to do and you ask 10 different people, you end up sometimes more confused than before anyways. Hashtag but fact. <laughs> that's besides the point. Um, 
Yeah, you really should be. Again, this is the theme of this entire podcast. Put your spouse first. Really, really cling on to each other. And um, and you'll just find that it really helps you thrive. So we specifically believe in the leave and cleave mentality when it comes to marriage. Um, I would say even so much so that in our on our first anniversary or thereabouts, we had the word echad tattooed on our wrists. Mm-hmm. I got my left. She got her right. And that's from Genesis 2.24. No, that wasn't just me having something in my throat. That was Hebrew. <laughs> um, and it says, this is the ESV um, translation. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. They shall become one flesh. So I'm not really a tattoo guy. And I've, people find out I have a tattoo and they're kind of surprised. But this just really hit me in our first few months of marriage. And I was like, I know there's a verse in Genesis that talks about this. And I want to find that word. And I want to get that tattooed because I want that to be kind of an illustration of how we're starting out. And it actually means the word echad actually means one. It's that yes. uh, therefore men shall leave, they shall become one flesh. Yeah, That is the specific one. And I want that just to reflect how we approach every decision Every move, every career thing is we are of one mind and one flesh and one unit. So, yeah, I was really surprised when you're like, hey, let's get a tattoo. And I was like, what, really? You are not a tattoo guy. I'm not, but I am I was now. Excited. I have a tattoo. I was excited about it, but. Yeah, you didn't go for my second idea. <laughs> Refresh my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something funny. <laughs> it was nothing. I didn't have a second idea. In fact, to this day, you know, everybody says once you get one tattoo, you're like, it's an addiction, man. You you just want to get a bunch of them. It's like, this was, man, seven years ago. I have not had one inspiration to get another tattoo. That was it. Uh, Is that not true? That's not true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Is that true? Oh, that, I mean, it was, well, with any, with any meat behind it. He oh. wanted, okay, guys, he wanted a mermaid tattooed on his thigh i'm just kidding <laughs> oh, i was like i did <laughs> i'm I kidding had a dream about I'm this i'm kidding no 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 a merman i'm a merman no, but there's there's one there's one word that appears in one of your favorite verses that you've really clung to oh yes yeah, in your baby. Yep, in your adult christian life i'm gonna get it across my entire chest i'm gonna say veto 85 on that block one. <laughs> stencil art let's rethink that one (laughs) (laughs) well i haven't done it yet i'm gonna surprise you one day but yeah anyway so we're getting a little (laughs) off track here back back to our topic setting boundaries so yes we do believe in the leave and cleave um it is not the leave and hey bring your baggage from home with you to your marriage and hope it will be okay (laughs) type of situation um it's it's a leave and cleave when you leave your home when you leave your family unit that you had growing up before you got married, you cleave to your spouse. You cling to that person that you have said vows to. That is one person that that stood across from you at the altar. You said vows to. That is the one person on earth that matters most. And that is the leave and cleave. And that is not to say that either one of us like say, hey, mom and dad, you don't matter. That is not what we mean. But... There has to be a healthy boundary um, set with your family at that point. And so 
when Michael and I said vows, we then made decisions together and talked through everything, uh, mainly because I'm an over-communicator and, <laughs> and I process by talking through things. <laughs> so we, we just, we share a lot, a lot of things, but, um, but he is, he's my number one person and I am his number one person. I don't, I don't sit down with him and my mom and my dad and make decisions. I sit down with him. So that's that's what we mean, we mean by leave and cleave with your spouse. It is biblical. Yeah, and we take that very seriously. It, it really simplifies stuff too from a practical standpoint. Um, hopefully you've you've married somebody who's you know, got their head on straight and all that stuff. But like you just, you know, you want to have that one opinion to really to bounce off of. Yeah, if, like I said, if you get uh, if you get thirty different opinions, you just have thirty different solutions, and you're just paralyzed by indecision. Yeah. So it's just it's much better to just do it this way. So whether your family is close by or your family is far away, the number one influence should be your spouse. I come from a very tight knit family. We are very open. We're very loud. We're very opinionated. <laughs> And it is, it is very important that I be extremely intentional about making Michael my first person for everything. So whether that is good news, bad news, or I need to talk with someone about making an important decision, Michael has to be the first person that I go to because again, he is the one that I said vows to. We made a biblical commitment to each other for the rest of our lives. So he needs to be my number one person that I say, Hey, I just experienced this amazing thing today. And I want you to be the first one to hear about it. Or, man, I really had a very bad day <laughs> and I need for you to just comfort me. Um, but, or, you know, we talk through something like he's got to be my person. Yeah. If you've got good news or bad news, I'll say, yeah, I saw that on your Instagram stories today. No, <laughs> Um, so it's just, it's so, it's so important. Um, and it may seem like a silly thing. Like, well, why does it matter that I told my girlfriend this or my mom this first? Uh, because before you know it, your spouse becomes an afterthought and it seems like a very small thing. Um, and no, I'll eventually tell my spouse or I'll eventually talk to them. I, I am very, very serious and very intentional about telling Michael all the things first or talking to him first. I don't want him to become an afterthought. I don't want to kind of like a psychological and muscle memory for him to become the last person I talk to because that doesn't make anybody feel good. Like he needs to be my priority. That's biblical. So if I'm not making him a priority, if I'm not taking those intentional steps to make him the priority, when I talk to him about anything in my life, then he's going to become the 40th person that I talk to. And that's going to make him feel neglected. And then that's going to go down a whole nother slew of things that we could talk about in another podcast. But um, it's just so important to prioritize your spouse in that manner. Um, and some some people don't agree with us on that. But it we are very, very convicted and very serious about making that a priority in our marriage. One of the challenges we particularly have is that one of the reasons why we live in Florida is to be close to Elizabeth's family. Um, so we're close to family, really, in the same town. Um, one of the nice things is that Elizabeth's family has a really good grasp of boundaries kind of just naturally. So 
I actually can't remember if I've ever had to talk to anybody about specific boundaries, but if if you've ever seen the show Everybody Loves Raymond, you can imagine how it could go badly <laughs> if you live close to your parents or whatever uh, and brother. But uh, no, it's it's really been a good situation. So um, we have not really had any issues with that. But I know that if you have a mom who drops in unannounced or a dad who drops in unannounced or um, somebody wants to just hang out all the time, it makes it kind of difficult to build up your actual little family like with your spouse, with your kids and stuff like that. Now, aunts and uncles and, and grandparents are always welcome, but just, you know, everybody needs to understand like, hey, this is a household, just drop a line or like a text first or something like that. And um, it goes a long way. So you just want to have protected family time here and there. Um, and then just you know, everybody have an open conversation about when we're coming over and stuff like that. Like, don't just drop in unannounced. It can be really problematic because then there's really not a delineation between protected time and stuff. So that's not to say that you should stiff arm your extended family. That's kind of crazy. But um, you should put your spouse's needs first and your kids' needs are next. So extended family comes after that. Yes, that's very important. And that might need to be a conversation that you may need to have with extended family if they are intrusive and they don't they don't necessarily mean harm, but they just want to be a part. Hey, we would love to have you around, but we are going to have family time or me and spouse time and we just need to make sure that that time is respected so it's don't be afraid to have that conversation because it ultimately sets everybody up for success is what it does and if the conversation is not had it can lead to a lot of negative feelings and thoughts and that's just not where you want to be this whole idea was kind of a tough thing for me to grasp at first I could say we got married in 2011 in late August and I just had a hard time transitioning from mama's boy growing up. One of my first thoughts is what do my parents think about this? What does my mom and dad think about this you know, decision that I'm making? That should be one of your main concerns when you're growing up and that's healthy and that's okay. But as you get married, it's not the case anymore. Like your mom's opinion matters. Don't get me wrong. But your wife's opinion comes first. And it would be like, you know, if there's a situation that comes up where my mom and my wife have differing opinions, I would struggle. It's like, I don't want to let somebody down. So, uh, you know, that paralysis by analysis kind of thing. And um, eventually it just got to the point where it's just like, man, you know what? I just need to put my wife first. And, you know, she's my helpmate. She's my partner. <laughs> Howdy, partner. Yeah, and that's not to say that your your mom or your dad or whoever's opinion you value very highly doesn't matter. It's just it's not the number one opinion. Yeah. And um and that's okay. That is totally okay. And like we said at the beginning, it's biblical to leave and cleave to your spouse. That person needs to be your number one. And you most certainly can be respectful to that person that you're receiving information from. Thank you so much for the opinion or the advice I will need to speak with my spouse about that, um, about what we need to do, and we will come to a decision. Nobody needs to to be hurt or, you know, harsh words don't need to be said 
Um, but there can definitely be a respectful way to approach the boundaries situation um, with family or say you have a really, really close friend who really likes to give um, opinions or advice about stuff. You definitely can have a respectful and loving conversation with them um, and thank them for caring and that ultimately you and your spouse will come to the, the decision for sure. Yeah. And if you're friends with the right kind of people, this should be a very easy, not easy conversation, but you know, mutual respect and all that stuff. It's just one of those things that it'll benefit all parties involved. Yeah. So like we said, you know, you may have somebody who loves you, loves you hard, you know, like is an aggressive lover. Like, I just want to love you. Here, take my advice. <laughs> um, Do what I say. <laughs> yeah. So you may have somebody like that in your life and they, and, you know, just know that they, I think that they really mean well, um, but you may have to have a conversation with them. Like, I need for you to maybe take a step back. I love you. I love that you care so much. And know that my spouse and I will come to the right decision. Um, and like I said, there is a very gracious and loving way to do that. Definitely pray before you have that conversation. Um, if you have any anger or you know, any kind of negative feelings towards that person, like make sure you calm down. <laughs> you don't want to go into a conversation hot and like, ah, like all frazzled and everything. Um, so just make sure you're level-headed make sure you feel at peace with what you're going to say. And, um, you can definitely have that conversation in a, um, loving and respectful way that is respectful of their feelings. Um, and definitely thank them for loving you well. And maybe we might need to change the relationship a little bit. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you do have friends who are comfortable with giving you advice or like kind of going against the grain a little bit. That is a friend that you should keep around. So if you just yeah. have a yes man group of friends, you're not going to grow at all. So right. make sure you really cultivate that relationship. Yeah. But yeah, just keep it within its proper boundaries. Yeah. So like having somebody lovingly challenge you, it's great. Love, let's, let's lovingly challenge is great. But somebody who just like straight up wants to call you out and make you feel bad. That's not cool. But lovingly challenge, biblically challenging you. That's, that's a good friend. That is somebody you keep around. So three things that we really had to do towards the beginning of our marriage. Um, we were kind of thrown into it, kind of forced into it. Um, just, what, marriage? <laughs> no, not marriage. Just these conversations. I think they just, I think they honestly happened before we were maybe ready or thought about them, to be totally honest. Like, I think when it came to boundaries, we just didn't really, I, I didn't think about it. I didn't think that we needed to have like a sit down, like, okay, here's our list of stuff, ABC, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, we were just like, okay we're seeing some things that we need to have some conversations about. Yeah. Um, so the first one is that um, I kind of shared a little bit about it was Michael became the first person, first person I shared good news with. This may sound really small and silly, but Michael needs to be, he has to be the first person I think of when it comes to sharing good news. I don't want for him to become an afterthought or the 40th person on my list who ends up hearing this good news. He needs to be, I want him to celebrate with me. Like I said before, I said vows to him. I did not say vows 
to my mom, my dad, my siblings, my best friends, my children, nobody else. He is the one I said my vows to. He is the one that I need to share these this good news with. It's it's just so so important to me. I don't want him to become an afterthought because I continued to make decisions that didn't put him first. Thanks, babe. <laughs> um, boundary combo number two. When asking for advice, Michael needs to be the first person I call. Again, he is the one I said my vows to. So he needs to be the first person that I call. It's we keep going back to that verse. It's biblical. It's leave and cleave. He is the one, aside from my relationship with the Lord, he is the one that matters most. He is the one that we need to make these decisions together. Um, Even if it's like a decision for me that is maybe outside of what he experiences, it's still going to affect him in some manner. So whether it's like take a ballet class or take on a small part-time job or go to coffee at night with a friend. Like it may seem like the silliest thing, um, but it is important that I get his advice first. And that's not to say that I need his permission to do every single thing in my life ever. That's not what I'm talking about. But like, hey, I want to go grab coffee with a friend. It just happens to be after you get off work. I realize this will eat into family time, but are you cool with watching the kids and loving on them so that I can go hang out with my friend? That affects him. That affects him that we're not going to have time together or as much time that we anticipated that night that he will be solo with the kids, which he's awesome at. And it, I need to make sure that I talk with him so that we're on the same page and what we expect for the day or the week or whatever it might be. So he needs to be the number one person. And the third boundary conversation is going to be when family tries to give you advice, your response should be instead of just reacting and giving an answer, just you know say thank you, but um, I'm going to have to talk to Elizabeth about it just so that you have a kind of joint decision going on. So, so often I used to just react. Oh, that sounds good. You know, everything for me. Yeah, it sounds good. And I realized I committed to a bunch of stuff that I can't actually uh, meet. So it's because you're a sweet people pleaser. Yeah, I just try to help everybody. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, you got to get your get your wife's opinion on that. And it's like, uh, hey man, you want to uh, join uh, softball league? It's three times a week for the next twelve weeks. Yeah, man, sounds great. I love sports. <laughs> and my wife's like, that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be a, quite a burden. But no, just you know, just really consider your spouse whenever taking advice or whenever hearing anything. Just kind of be one unit, be one decision-making team. Yeah. And you will be better off for it. Trust me. Trust me. We are a team, like Michael said. You're a team. So God didn't just create Adam, and then hey, woman just came along and was like, "I'm gonna wash the dishes and clean your laundry." It's like He made Eve to be a helper, to be a team, like. They are together. They walk through life together. The day-to-day things they did together, 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 together. So Genesis 2.24, when man and wife become one, they leave and cleave. Like that's the way it was designed to be. So little wifey isn't there in the kitchen just doing that type of thing. Like it's an active part in the relationship. Yeah. And you guys, if you're not in the kitchen a little bit, helping out with stuff like that, 
get yourself in there, do those dishes, help with a meal or two, really kind of take that thing off of your wife's plate. Anyway, that's a side. That's a side point. <laughs> it gets you brownie points, I promise. Brownie, yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves brownies. It wasn't really what I meant, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Brownie points. <laughs> so our challenge for you guys this week is to have a conversation with your spouse about your current boundaries. Is your spouse your number one person? And if not. How can the boundaries improve so that your spouse is your number one? So yes, if your spouse isn't your number one, as silly as it may sound, like sit down and look at how you're currently doing things and decide, okay, this habit needs to go. This habit needs to go. We need to incorporate this one. Let's do this instead. Let's try this for a little while, see if it works. Because again, it is just so important that your spouse becomes your number one person that you talk to. Um, we're not, we're, you know, not talking about your relationship with the Lord. Of course, that's number one, but here on earth, your relationship with your spouse just needs to be considered first and really make sure that you're on the same page because you don't want to be like, Oh wait, hold on a second. Uh, how do I need to react to this? Know your boundaries, know your, how you're going to deal with different conversations um, with family, friends, that kind of thing, so that your spouse becomes your number one, so that you can graciously answer um, maybe when a family member goes a little bit too far and that it is something that you and your spouse can uh, can both live with and work through together. It's just so important. Your spouse needs to be your number one. And that concludes our Boundaries in Marriage episode We hope that you guys enjoyed it. We hope that you grabbed a few um, good pieces of advice from it. Let us know if you have any questions. And we really, really thank you guys so much for listening. Y'all are amazing. We have some good numbers on our previous episodes. (laughs) Great numbers. (laughs) It's it's more than we expected. Yes. But I'm, I'm thinking like, man, I wonder what other people get in the top don't compare yourself to other people they've also been doing it 10 years yes but uh, no we're we're super happy with yes friends and family and everybody going in our numbers are definitely a bit surprising for us so we've been enjoying it um looking forward to getting some feedback getting some reviews on some stuff on podcast apps yes leave your positive reviews on apple Podcasts. hopefully (laughs) if you've made it to episode 14 at the very end i would think you probably don't have a whole lot negative to say um but you know people (laughs) surprise you (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah tell your friends about us um it's the best way to get the word out and help everyone find us and basically y'all let's make us the number one marriage and relationships podcast on the interwebs yeah we're not stopping till we're number one baby (laughs) y'all are awesome thank you